Chillinoy, Chillinoy, hello again. I want to recap what's what's been going on with Illinois dispensary licenses, and I also wanted to talk about a warning that was sent out by our attorney general. You know, he, he felt the need to warn us uh, to check our children's candy on Halloween to make sure that um, there's not any infused product inside of their uh, bags because that is it's always been a huge issue and uh, it's likely to be a huge issue this year uh, because it's just another year that cannabis has been legalized so I hope that you hear the sarcasm in my voice uh, but we'll get to that um, but last week if you hadn't heard uh, within the last what what even is today I don't know uh, last week, in the last week or so, at the request of the Illinois Attorney General, speaking of the Illinois Attorney General, the Illinois Supreme Court merged a case with three other cases to form one super case. Uh, so Attorney General Quaim Raul, which I hope I'm saying his name right, argued in court papers that combining the cases would avoid potentially conflicting rulings. Now, if you hadn't heard, the licensing process has been in turmoil since early 2020, when state officials delayed it. Initially, and around that time, they blamed the COVID-19 pandemic. In September of 2020, only 21 out of the more than 700 applicants were given perfect scores on their license applications, which qualified them for a lottery that would award 75 licenses. Now, many of the applicants uh, that qualified were owned by wealthy, politically connected um, white men, as the Chicago uh, Tribune says, in, which was in contrast to the goal of the licensing law. Um, a lot of people say that the proposed intent of the law was to give preference to social equity applicants, So, and those... Uh, social equity applicants were defined as those from poor areas or neighborhoods that were most affected by high arrests and prosecutions for cannabis crimes. So, numerous applicants complained or filed suit alleging that the scoring process was riddled with errors. The scoring, uh, which was conducted by a consultant group called KPMG, resulted in identical exhibits receiving different scores. While some applicants said they were never notified of the deficiencies in their applications, uh, which was required by law. In response, Governor J.B. Pritzker, uh, the the, Governor J.B. Pritzker's administration, announced it would rescore the applications that didn't qualify. Now, lawmakers also passed a measure to create 110 new licenses with easier scoring requirements. This summer, three lotteries were held to choose who would qualify for the licenses. A fourth lottery for six applicants who sued, challenging their exclusion from the lotteries, was pending court approval. Now, the lawsuits claim, among other things, that the law's awarding of five points to a veteran-owned applicant is unconstitutional and that the rescoring process was unlawful. So... Let's get into some names, because this is the thing, uh, you know, this is all going on, and we don't hear a lot of names. Uh, we hear some names, but I, I don't think that people even know, like, who, who is involved in all this stuff. So, 
Magic Sparks, a company named Magic Sparks, claimed it was unfairly excluded because state regulators unfairly failed to recognize that its owner lived in an area that qualified for social equity status. Green Equity, another company, alleges that uh, regulators erroneously awarded social equity points based on the residence of its employees, not its owners. High Haven, Magic Sparks, Green Equity, Hempathy, Hay, and Waugh all claim they were unfairly excluded from the lotteries, and High Haven wants to rerun all three lotteries. Renew Illinois LLC, True Herb LLC, and Leaf Sea LLC also joined those suits. The Attorney General's office conceded that the court may decide to rerun the original lotteries or run corrective lotteries only for the excluded applicants. The court may also decide whether the plaintiffs would replace previous winners or be awarded additional licenses. This is all very interesting. I'm kind of being sarcastic because it's so, it's so mundane. Now that the cases have been consolidated, a new court process must begin, and this is potentially going to take months of time to resolve. In the meantime, all applicants have been burning money to maintain properties or employees while not being able to open doors. It's, it's really crazy. GrownIn.com included in their coverage that this could keep the state from awarding 185 new dispensary licenses for at least six months at minimum. Six months. And this is, let's get to what's important about these dispensary licenses because I think it's really important to point out that dispensary licenses aren't necessarily going to solve uh, a lot of the issues that plague this state. It will certainly allow more people to get into the industry, uh, and I think that's that in and of itself is a great thing. However, there's another really important role that the dispensary plays, so let's talk about it. Um, Scott Redman, an attorney, craft uh, grow license winner, and president of the Illinois Independent Craft Growers Association, thinks it will be longer than a six-month wait. This is uh, from the GrownIn.com article. Redmond says many craft growers' business plans count on being able to sell to the new dispensaries held up in court. Let me remind you all. We've, it's something we've been saying on the show. It's something we've shared on social media. Craft cannabis will be adult use only. And so what that means is it can only be, it can only be sold in adult use dispensaries. And so what that means is if there's not, you know, if they don't issue these new licenses, they will be left with very few points of distribution, making it even harder to compete in this state. They already have an uphill battle. We've talked about the fact that craft growers are going to be limited to, I think, 14,000 square feet of canopy space. Meanwhile, um, companies like uh, companies like Cresco and others have uh, facilities that are like 200,000 square feet. So again, it's going to be hard to compete as it is. Um, but yeah, if you have limited points of distribution, that, that makes it all the more complicated. So last month, Illinois' 110 dispensaries, almost all of which are owned by corporate multi-state operators, racked up over $151 million in sales. 
Illinois dispensaries are on track to sell over $1.6 billion this year, an average of $14.6 million per dispensary. Illinois legal cannabis sales could grow as much as 60% over 2020 sales. That's pretty fucking crazy. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's dire states here. Uh, the the real point is that a lot of this is seems to it seems like a lot of these licenses are going to be held up for quite a while. And I, uh, the point I wanted to make today is that is how the pieces of the puzzle relate to each other. You know, if you connect these dots, what is this? What is, what is the implicate? What is the implication of? What are all of the implications of this holdup? So. First of all, the obvious implication is that people aren't going to be able to get into the industry, and that's problematic, especially considering that the legislative intent of these licenses were to give people that didn't have a chance to uh, participate or um, or were wronged, you know, because of former policies on drugs. It, it was meant to kind of give those types of people a chance, and uh, we are ultimately. Um, that this holdup is ultimately giving nobody a chance. So it's it's pretty crazy. I, I plan to talk about this subject more in the future with people that are much more informed than me um, because I could go on a rant that I've gone on this show before, but it wouldn't add any value or substance. I'd, l- I'd rather have somebody that's more credibility, uh, more credible to, to join me in this conversation so that, that we can... Um, yeah give you some give you some good stuff to run with that's the whole point of this show uh so yeah i promised you that the uh, attorney general in illinois would come back up here it is uh, from marijuanamoment.net as halloween approaches attorney generals from multiple states across the united states are warning parents about illicit cannabis products that resemble popular candies and snacks like cheetos nerds oreos nerds and oreos which could confuse kids and lead to accidental intoxication in an apparently coordinated effort using identical imagery of the products in question several state attorney generals recently issued advisories about edibles that are misleadingly marketed the officials aren't necessarily suggesting that people are intentionally handing out the thc infused candies to trick-or-treaters a myth that cannabis advocates have long worked to debunk but it does fit within a theme of messaging that seems to crop up every year around Halloween. Um, so, you know, people, uh, uh, New York's attorney general joined in on this. Uh, Connecticut's attorney general joined in on this. And the Illinois attorney general, Quaim Raul, which again, I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, um, he also issued a statement. He basically said, Accidental cannabis overdoses by children are increasing nationwide, and these lookalike products will only exacerbate the danger by appealing to children and youth. I urge all residents to be on the lookout for, for and avoid lookalike products, which are unregulated, unsafe, and illegal. In particular, I urge parents and guardians to be aware of the danger these products pose to children and young adults. So, yeah, the Illinois Attorney General made a statement about um, cannabis. It seems to be a coordinated effort. They're at least being realistic. <laughs> they, you know, they've changed their um, their 
scare tactic this year. It's now it's not that the the people are giving them to your kids purposefully, but it's that these lookalike products, you know, who knows, they might accidentally get. So it's 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 interesting. I it's interesting because they're still saying the same thing. They're trying to say the same thing without saying exactly the same thing, in my opinion. I, I just don't really think this is actually something that people need to be worried about. Um, and I don't want to devote any more airtime to the issue. However, I did feel like it needed to be mentioned on this show that our attorney general actually said that. Um, I'm in an Instagram live stream right now. A lot of people are saying what um, I am kind of thinking but haven't said yet. No stoner is going to give that shit out for free. <laughs> like, I'm not giving... I don't just hand out edibles, especially to fucking kids. That's just... its its doesn't fit the mold, and it, it just... It's a caricature uh, that, uh, you know, continues to exist and come up every Halloween, and let's hope that we can uh, grow up a little bit, you know, uh, with regard to this, because, it, it, frankly, it doesn't happen. So... All right, well, that's all I have for you in this episode. I just wanted to come at you with a little bit of a recap with what's going on with the dispensary licenses because we've not talked about it. I wanted to talk about what the implications were with that besides just not seeing more shops. You know, like, sure, we're not going to see more shops, but there's it also affects the craft cultivators, which are expected to, to maybe start construction as early as next year. If you want to hear more about that, Listen to our episode with Mike Fouché from GrownIn.com. It's a little bit older of an episode, but you can get a really uh, refined recap of what's been going on. And we also talk about when you can expect to see craft cultivators, open doors, plant seeds, all of those good things. Um, We talk about some of the complications that they're facing and much more. So definitely check out that episode if you haven't already. And uh, once again, like I said... Evan Bruno will be returning to the show, a defense attorney that continues to uh, have to defend uh, citizens of Illinois and uh, non-citizens of Illinois uh, in cannabis-related legal cases, which begs the question, is, is cannabis legal in Illinois if people are still being prosecuted for uh, you know, non-violent crimes regard- relating to cannabis? So... But I digress. I'm just trying to plug other shows on my way out. So I hope you found a little bit of uh, valuable information in the show in this episode. And I will see you next time on the Chillinoy Podcast. I never did cope with that fucking cat.